0: Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. We are joined again by Pastor John Mark Caton as he delivers an inspiring message to continue our series titled, I Fix Stuff. What I break, he fixes. Now, let's hear from John Mark. In midweek service, uh, Justin, like he said, he's going through Matthew 1 and 2 and he's doing a bit of a deeper dive uh, than I'll do today, but I want us to go to Matthew chapter 1 uh and we'll get there and we'll put some of these verses up on the screen i won't do as a deep as deep a dive in uh, jesus's genealogy today but i want to glean a couple uh, of points and insights for us uh, that i think we as dudes can take let me ask you a question but when we think about genealogy how many of you have done like ancestry.com or you've done some genealogy thing you have all right several of you have Anybody shocked at what you found? I mean, something surprising you want to throw at us. Anything surprising? Just fun stuff. Just fun stuff. Yeah, I'm, I proved that, I, or I validated that I'm related to Gene Autry. You validated you're related to Gene Autry. And uh, Steve Martin. And Steve Martin. We ought to just get you to do a stand-up cowboy yeah. horse routine <laughs> up here I'll somewhere. Sing. You sing Rudolph, all right. Very good. All right. So Gene Autry and Steve Martin. All right. You like that? Yeah, I do remember who Gene Autry is. Yeah, my grandparents talked about him. So uh, the uh, go ahead. Yeah, Mike. You said you did something. What'd you find, Mike? It's not anything what you do, with, but our, our family's been in uh, the hills of Kentucky since like 1745. So okay. death row i got it i got it move to beverly uh yep yeah. uh, the president's name harrison in your bloodline somebody else who, who did a bloodline found out I'm part you found out you are part jewish very nice we got a cross for you in march um somebody else somebody else You know as a biblical yeah what Keith I don't want to know you. Keith you're from a long line of village idiots how about that that's what I had heard uh, the uh, <laughs> new guys well, that's why we say we want to know what we can use against you and by the way Keith gives it back plenty of times where are you what are you from are you look don't read us your genealogy you got your phone out there I just want the high points Vili- village idiots. Yeah, yeah, you feel right at all? I found out that I had a relative that had an illegitimate uh, daughter. Had an illegitimate daughter. About we did the right. Well, you brought it up at Christmas, next Christmas. He says, by the way, everybody knows this is. <laughs> did you bring that up just and then Merry Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, just brought it up. Anybody else? You do it. Anybody else do it? How many of you are scared to do it? I, I'll be honest with you, I don't do it because I don't want to know what's up there right? I, I, I met my great-grandfather, I met my grandfather, I met my uncles, and I'm like, do I really want to track this down? I mean, I'm not sure that I really do. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting. It's, uh, uh, it's one of those, I've, I've heard a bunch, and uh, Joe went with us to, uh, to Israel. There was a lady in, on the Israel trip with us who, uh, uh, we, I, they've gone to the church for a while. I've met her husband uh, a good bit, but I never really spent any time with her, and when we were on, over in Israel, she was walking around, she travels a lot, some of y'all she, y'all may have been around when she told the story, she grew up kind of in a Jewish community in Spain, and all, all, always thought she was Jewish, and then she did uh, one of these Ancestry.coms, wasn't an, a lick of Jewish in her, and she says, I couldn't believe it, and so I talked to my sisters and everything, and she goes, no, there's none, there's none. She goes, I grew up always thinking I was Jewish and uh, uh, I wasn't. And so it's kind of interesting when you think about your line and your lineage and, and what's taken place. And so that's what I want us to talk about today. What, when we look at Jesus' lineage, high, the high points, uh, uh, Justin's taking a much deeper dive into uh, into into his genealogy. But, you know, there is a reality when you look back in your uh, life, in your past, we all have those things that are back there. I mean, it's one of those things, if you shake your family tree, everybody in here there's some nuts gonna fall out guys right there are some nuts gonna fall out of our family. and you might be that nut right you might be that guy uh, a couple of years ago I, I got interested in my last name and uh i looked up katon and i realized katon is from because we never we never thought of anything we my grand great grandfather had you know his dad had come over from england or whatever and so i thought Caton, what is that? I looked it up. It's a French name. How many of you know French are not good at fighting? How many of you know that? So I go. I looked it up. I began to search the word French, and I began to look French, and saw this and saw that, and I, I found this is You can look at this up. There was actually the French made a battleship called battleship Caton. Same last name. I say Caton. Let me tell you about the stellar record. Of the French battleship Catan in its first battle it was sunk <laughs> you can Wikipedia it. it says it was all decked out ready to go ready to just fight win all kinds of Navy battles went down first battle first battle so you never know what you have back there but one of the things as we look at Jesus's genealogy um, you know there are some things that I want us just to point out And my encouragement for you is that when you look at Jesus' genealogy, you would think that if, if the biblical writers, if God was going to put together a story that his son was for perfect people, some of these people wouldn't have been in it. Or they sure wouldn't have brought them up, right? You know, you wouldn't have brought up the nuts that fall out of the tree when you shake it. But I love that about God's word is God's word doesn't whitewash everything to make everyone think that you know if you're really going to be the kind of man God wants you to be this can't be in your past you can't struggle with this you can't struggle with that you have to get saved and then man all of a sudden you just have everything right in your life but the genealogy of Jesus reminds us that God uses some odd people God uses some broken people God uses some weird people God uses some people that no one else thinks God can use and let me tell you what guys that is just as encouraging today as it was back in those days and so as we open up if you're taking notes before we even get into the genealogy let me give you a couple of thoughts when I when I think about the genealogy of Jesus several things jump Off the page to me. Number one is that the genealogy of Jesus reminds us that Jesus is the Messiah for all people. Those that have it together, those that don't, those that seem to uh, be the kind of people that have just always served God and always loved God, and those that aren't. And as I was just thinking about it, man, you look, we'll look, and we're we're not going to read the whole genealogy today from Matthew chapter one, but. Man, when you look at Jesus' genealogy and you think he is the Savior and the Messiah for all people, you'll see some unexpected names. You'll see some unexpected names in there. You'll see some names uh, that you typically would not find in a Jewish genealogy. Uh, In a typical Jewish genealogy, by the way, um, you wouldn't typically see women in a genealogy. You just wouldn't. That's not the way Jews did it. You would certainly not see Gentiles in a typical Jewish genealogy. But I love that about God's word is that when God began to put together gene- genealogy, not just from the Old Testament, but through to the New Testament, that you know what? Those unexpected names are in there. There are some women that are in there. There are some Gentiles that are in there. So my encouragement to you guys is let your name be one of those unexpected names that shows up in the lineup of God that people would say, God, I would have never seen that. But God can use him. And God can use him. Man, he's got a checkered past, but he's got a stellar future. And you say, where do you see that? Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. I love what Paul says. He says, here... Everybody say here. This is God's house. This is God's kingdom. He says here, there are no Gentiles or Jews. There are no circumcised or uncircumcised. There are no barbarians. Well, there are some of those in here. Uh, Scythians, uh, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Man, why would Matthew include some women and some broken people and some Gentiles in the genealogy of Jesus to remind us that God uses unexpected people to have an impact on his kingdom. Here, here's the second thing I think before we even dive in. Uh, I think the genealogy, as we'll look at it here in a few seconds, reminds us that God's greater, God's grace is greater than all of our sin. It reminds us over and over again that God's grace is greater than all of our sins. We're going to see here in a few minutes. There are people like Rahab. Rahab, the prostitute. Lining lineage of Jesus right there. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. She makes it to the hall of faith. You're like, really? Just because she did something small for God? Yeah. Regardless of her background. Regardless of what she did. Man, guys like David. We all know the story of David, right? Abraham. The call, I'm going to take you, I'm going to give you a place, I'm going to give you a land, I'm going to give you a son, I'm going to do everything for you. Abraham, by faith, did exactly what a lot of us do. Man, we'll sense that call from God either through a men's retreat or a church service or somebody just sharing their faith with us time and time again. And we head off and we look good for a season, a while, and then we get bored waiting. We begin to take matters into our own hands. And so I think it reminds us that God's grace is greater than all of our sin. I love what Micah, the prophet, says in Micah chapter 7, verse 18 and 19. Justin put this up. He says, Who is like you, God? And who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions of all the remnant of his inheritance? He says, Micah says, God, you do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. I love this, verse 19. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins under your foot and hurl all of our iniquities in the depths of the sea. And what an incredible thought. That the genealogy of Jesus reminds us that God's grace is greater than all of our sins and when you look at the genealogy and if you ever wonder can God forgive me for my past just study some of the names in the genealogy and you'll say absolutely go look go look at what Micah says man God's not gonna stay angry at us forever man our call is just to repent and ask for refreshing and ask God to do a special and a powerful work in our life and he will Here's the third thought as I was just reading through uh, the genealogy. Your yesterday doesn't determine your tomorrow. It can, but it doesn't have to. God's grace can transform you and your relationships, your legacy. God's grace can transform your genealogy in a powerful and in a real way. And so as we think about what this really means I just want you to know your actions tomorrow or even today are not dictated nor are they mandated by your sin of yesterday that God wants to show up and create something new in your attitude your mind your heart your relationship in everything you do you say where do you get this look Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, where Paul is talking to the Philippian believers. He says, I'm confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion when? Until the day of Jesus Christ. How many of you ever heard the phrase, and usually it's talking about your kids or something like that, or maybe it was talking about you when you were growing up, uh, that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree? How many of you remember that phraseology? Can I tell you what the genealogy of Jesus tells me? Sometimes it does fall far from the tree. And so maybe you're in a place where you've struggled all your life with something and you wonder, are my kids going to be burdened with this sin? Sometimes through the grace of God, the fruit falls a long way from the tree. Maybe if you look at your father, and you say, I am repeating the sins of my father and my grandfather, can I tell you, through the grace of God, you can be the fruit that falls a long way from the tree. And that is a good word for everybody in here. But more importantly, how about this? If your yesterday was filled with disobedience to God and failure and anger and bitterness, let today, through God's grace, fall far from yesterday's mistakes. And God can do that in your life. And let me tell you what, most of all, although we're going to look and I'm going to point them out, there are a couple of ladies in the genealogy of Jesus, but they're still mostly men. There are a couple of Gentiles in there, but they're still men. So my encouragement to us today is God, God wants to use you to continue to write his story. God wants to use us to continue to write his story. So before I dive into this genealogy and look at a couple of different names and just pull them out and talk to you quickly about them, I just want to pray over you. God, my prayers for every dude in this room, every man in this room, every guy that will hear this podcast later, that they would understand through faith they are a part of the genealogy of the church the genealogy of Christ, they have an opportunity to make a fresh tomorrow, create a new faith, develop a new legacy for their family and for their kids. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, let's look, uh, Matthew chapter 1, let's go read it, it says, here's a record, Uh, that word record, uh, you might want to just write it down, it just, it simply means Biblon, here's the Bible or the book. That's that's the word. Here's a record of the genealogy uh, of Jesus. Uh, it says, Christ, uh, the, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So here's thought number one, all right? Thought number one, when I look at the genealogy, write these down. These aren't rocket science. Let me give you a couple of thoughts, and then I'll show you an example of each. Uh, thought number one, trust God in everything, even if it takes a while. Trust God in everything, even if it takes, takes a while there are some of you here that you feel like man God I really thought you promised me this God really I thought you called me to this God really I thought you told me this was gonna happen in my life and you are wondering man do I continue to trust God do I continue to wait on God the answer is yes so thought number one is trust God even when it takes a while for God to fulfill the promise you say where do you see that Uh, I, I would say let's look at Abraham remember Abraham Look at it, verse 2, it says, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Let's just stop there. Take those two. God shows up to Abraham, says, hey, come on, leave your family. I'm going to give you a new place. I'm going to give you a new land. I'm going to take you to a new uh, place. Your your seed and your offspring will bless the entire world. And so Abraham and his wife, Abram and his wife, Sarah, go off, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting And they're waiting. And they're waiting. Now, they've already been faithful. I mean, let's let's be honest. We can pick on Abram about a lot of things, that he took matters into his own hand. but how many of you remember he left his family? He headed off in the right direction. He believed God. He trusted God. But like so many of us, when we get down a ways in serving God and we don't see the blessing that we wanted, we have a tendency to step back and reevaluate. Say, all right, did I get this right? Did I did I do this wrong? Am, am I sure? Maybe Maybe you've said, God, you know what? Maybe there's some time, a season ago, where you said, you know what? I'm going to start serving in my church. I'm going to start doing this. And and you thought in your mind and you believed in your mind man when I start doing this all of a sudden I'm gonna feel fulfilled and and man, I'm just gonna see fruit I'm gonna see this and all of a sudden you're serving and it seems like man I just haven't found the promised land yet and the fruit hasn't showed up and I thought this would be better and Some of y'all have been thinking that about my teaching for the last 27 years We're gonna wait And sometime it's going to be good. And you're still waiting. But remember Abraham? 25 years before the promise was fulfilled. Now what did he do? He did what many of us would do. Okay, not take the concubine part. but, But what did he do? He did what many of us would do. He got bored kind of threw in the towel said "All right, God I thought you would give it to me so I'm going to take it and do my own thing and then you have Hagar and you have that whole Ishmael thing and it doesn't go well and you know the truth is the genealogy of Jesus reminds us that we want to trust God in everything even when it takes a while just write down another little passage we're not going to put it up on the screen Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 it says trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, it says, Acknowledge him, God, and he will make your path straight. Well, as I think about that, man, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. What does our own understanding sometimes tell us? Our own understanding sometimes tells us, you know what, this should be better than this. I thought I'd be happier by now. I thought things would be better, or I think things would be this way. And what do we do? We begin to trust our own understanding. That's exactly what happened to Abraham. Abraham and Sarah began to look and think, well, we, God promised us this, we know there's anew uh, the land, we know we've been called to this, uh, but our own understanding is, the truth is, this is what they were saying to each other, we just can't have a child. So their own understanding said what? Uh, Sarah says, well, what about Hagar? Okay. That seems right. I mean, we need an offspring, right? What is that? That is your own understanding, right? That's not trusting God to fulfill a promise that he made to you. But instead, and I want you to know as your pastor... I fell in this area. I can look back over my ministry, and I was like, you know, God, I really thought that you told us to go this way and do this, and we get together, and boy, the fulfillment doesn't happen, and we're moving as a church, and then all of a sudden, man, you're like, God, I really thought you would say this, and so what do we do? We trust in our own understanding. And so we begin to create God's promises, or the fulfillment of God's promises in our way instead of his way, and in our time instead of his time. And so God, guys, if you're in one of those spaces that you feel like, man, somewhere back a season ago, I said yes to God, and I've been treading down this this path for a while, and I haven't seen what I thought was gonna be the promised blessing. Can I encourage you with this? Keep trusting God, regardless of how long it takes. And whatever you do, Don't try to insert your own understanding and your own will over what God has promised. And we're all prone to that. And so Solomon said, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I love that last phrase, he says, listen, there is a reality that you and I, we can be serving God, walking with God, following with God. How many of you have ever felt like, and I will tell you, my, answer, my hand's going to be up. How many of you have ever felt from time to time, that, you know, God, I trust you. I believed in you. I prayed about this. I read my Bible. I really thought, God, this is what you want to do. And you find yourself, even after a good heart, in a space and a place that you know, I don't think I'm supposed to be here you ever done that I guarantee I have as your pastor you you ask my staff there have been times and over the years that I've said you know I'm not sure that I read God right on that and here's the beauty of it it's this last phrase guys. if we are doing it with all our heart and all our trust and all our belief to trust God and we get to a place that maybe God wanted us here Instead of here, but we did it with a pure heart and a good heart and a righteous heart and a serving heart. I have seen God over and over and over again fulfill the last part of this promise. He's going to make the path straight. So if our hearts are good and our lives are good and our intentions are good and we're studying God's Word and we're reading God's Word and we're wanting to fulfill God's call on our lives and we find ourselves a degree or two off course. Man, when we just stop and step up, how many times I've seen in my life that God just kind of says, you know, from this point on, we're just going to move this way. The genealogies of Jesus tell us that. There were guys that that clearly, we would all say, sign me up to be that stud, right? I mean, in the genealogy, sign me up to be that dude. How many of us, let's be honest, how many of you would like to be signed up to be a, a man after God's own heart? How many of you know he ventured off course a little bit? How many of you would like to have the faith of Abraham that if God showed up to you, I want you to leave your family, I want you to leave everything, I'm going to give you this, you're going to be a blessing to all the people? And how many of you know he ventured off course just a little bit? See, that's the beauty of God's grace and God's love. When he calls every person in this room, and men need to hear this, when God calls you, he knows your flaws. He knows your failures news slash he knows your past double news flash he knows where you're prone to fail in the future and he still calls you so thought number one is simply this man we want to trust god in everything even if it takes a while here's number two what i see just accept people where they are. Accept people where they are. You say, where do you see this? I'll jump down to verse 5. It says, Salmon was his father of Boaz, who was, the, who was the mother of Rahab, whose mother was Rahab. How many of you know, let's just be honest, how many of you know what Rahab's profession was? We do. How did she make the line in one I mean that's a unique thing right there because up until the point that the spies rolled into jericho she was a prostitute but if you just read and you look look at joshua you can just mark this down joshua chapter 6 verse 25 it says but joshua spared rahab and he doesn't just say rahab right there in joshua chapter 6 It says he spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged with her because she hid the men, talking about the spies, Joshua sent in the spies into Jericho and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Joshua even identifies what she did up until that moment. She was a prostitute. But now, she lives among God's people. So you trust God and take people for where they are, because then you say, "Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. That's not where God wants to leave you." I think there are a lot of us here that maybe some of you feel like you're living just a little bit outside the walls of what God really wants to do with you in the life of the church, and the life of faith, and life of Christ. But you're allowing yourself to live outside the walls because of some secret sin some hidden sin some past sin that you really don't want others to know about and i want to encourage you through her testimony is that god accepts you where you are but he doesn't want to leave you where you are you might have that sin that puts you in the corner of the wall in the city of your life but when god shows up just like joshua shows up God wants to take you out and bring you to a place where you will live among God's people. I love that. Joshua just acknowledges she used to be a prostitute. If you go read historically uh, what prostitutes were about in those days, typically in a city, uh, and that was Jericho there, uh, they would take and they would build walls and they would actually live in the walls. That's how they protected themselves. And and if there was someone of ill repute, they would say, you kind of live out there. In the corner we don't want you in the center and and everybody knew but I love these words it says now she lives among everybody say among she went from being in the corner of the city in an occupation that everybody knew about no one talked about everybody called unclean but clearly she had money all right but then she went from being that way but through God's grace she lives among God's people So guys, two thoughts on this. Number one, if you're that person that you felt like because of some past sin or past failure, past mistake, that you need to live outside the church or outside the walls of the church, can I tell you, that's Satan trying to keep you away from God's best. But instead, the invitation of the genealogy of Jesus is God wants you and God wants me to live among his people right here in his church so guys i am just looking at you right now as your pastor and some of you that go to other churches i am just going to tell you through the grace of god go back and be among god's people and don't you feel disgraced and if someone says looks you in the eye and says weren't you that guy that used to do stand up and say, absolutely. That was me. And some of you might say, and I still struggle a little bit, but the invitation of the creator of the universe is that he ain't holding that against me. And he doesn't want me living apart from God's people, but he wants me living among God's people. and that's for you guys but here's the second part of that how many of you in here know a dude that needs to live among God's people you got a friend see hands going up I do I know some folks I know some dudes you know some dudes that they're just outside. They've got some struggles and some hurts and some failures and some weaknesses. You know what needs to happen? is You need to go to them. You need to look them in the eye. Say, it is time for you to step among God's people. Leave that in the past. Walk away from that stuff. I'll help you so they can come be a part of everything that is God God is going to do. I, I love that when we think about Rahab, Hebrews chapter 11 you don't have to go there but you might want to just write it down Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31 it says by faith the prostitute Rahab how many of you know that Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith? Okay Joshua mentioned she was a prostitute in Hebrews 11 it still mentions she was a prostitute all right well wouldn't you think okay if I'm Rahab if that's my wife tell her I'm not available wouldn't you think if if you're Rahab you'd say Could we leave that prostitute part out? How many of you would think that? Do we have to bring that up? But it's there when we first meet her. And it's there in the Hall of Faith. It's there in the Hall of Faith for a reason. Not because she was still a prostitute. Just to remind us that the Messiah, the genealogy, and the love of God is all about taking people who feel like they have to live somewhere else and bring them among God's people. Here's number three. This for us as dudes. Number three, genealogy tells us that my call and my job is to take care of the people around me. Take care of the people around me. Because if you look in Matthew chapter five, chapter one verse five, it says Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. And you know the end of the story. Boaz just out there, uh, leaves Bethlehem, rolls out, sees this Moabite woman, this Gentile woman, gleaning in the corner of his fields. He's wildly successful, amazingly successful. And he, well, and he shows up and he does what any dude does. I mean, let's be honest, all right? This is men's everything we say before seven is right on. Uh, he shows up in his fields, and he says to his boys, he said, who's the looker, <laughs> right? I mean, go, go read the Hebrew. He's pretty, pretty picturesque there. He goes, hey, who's the pretty girl out there gleaning in the field? She's a newbie. And some of his men said, you know, that is Ruth. She is that Moabite that came back with Naomi. And she's out there gleaning in the fields because, remember, Boaz... Elimelech, Elimelech, her husband, died, and then her two sons died. And he goes, Yeah. And he goes, So, so that's the Moabite woman who came back with him? And remember what he said to his guys? We're not even to the marriage part, guys. Forget the marriage part. I'm not encouraging them married to marry the Moabite. That's not what not the point of this. He says, give her free reign. Go read the story. As a matter of fact, he says, hey, I got an idea, guys. Let's do better than that. Because not only is she a Moabite from a different clan, I know that she lives with a widow. In those days, widows, if people didn't give you stuff, you died. He says, As a matter of fact, go ahead and bundle some stuff up for her. Make it easier. Take care of the people that are around you. Guys, there's some people in your life and my life The man, just a little graciousness and kindness. What we know about Boaz is that he had it all together. He's a pretty wealthy dude, guys. He had enough to give a little more away. How many of you, let's be honest, don't raise your hand. We have enough where we could give a little more away. We have enough where we could find a widow in our life and give a little away. We could find a Moabite in our life and give a little more away. We could find a a child in our life, somebody who is struggling and give a little more away. I love the people of God. We're not far from the gift weekend. And when you think about the gift weekend, I'm about to shut it down right here, by the way, guys. That means don't leave yet, Audrey. But I will tell you, as usual, I've got two more points. Y'all didn't know this. I still overprepare. A couple of weeks ago, we had the gift weekend. You gave away fifty some odd units of blood that helps a hundred and some odd people. You gave away how many how many boxes of uh, Operation Christmas Child boxes? Literally, twelve hundred just our church boxes. Orphans somewhere in the world going to get something. They're only Christmas presents remember the impactful thing that we used to do with our kids when they were little is we would give them that box and we'd walk them up and down the the, the, the aisles at uh, walmart and we'd make them pick out we'd say choose if they were a four-year-old girl if our daughter's were a girl or my son was a five-year-old boy said everything you're putting in there is all that kid's going to get for christmas and you're going to buy it with your allowance first year they were a little bit stubborn about it they got better about it because at the end of the day I. Said, well, ultimately, I'm the one that gives you the allowance, so I had that kind of control. But this Saturday, they're going to have a wrapping party. We also had angels and trees, and this is for people. And this Saturday, we're going to have a wrapping party. People have gone out and bought presents for how many kids? 160 plus. 160 more kids in our local area are going to get Christmas. They're going to be, and their parents, their moms, are going to get to sit there and wrap their kids' presents that they didn't have to buy because someone else took care of the people around them. So guys, read the genealogy. Here's my final point. Don't read it out loud because none of us can say all those names. How many of us know that? But when you read it, don't forget, there is a place for you in the line and the lineage of Jesus. If you're among God's people and in his community. God, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for the opportunity to just share with these men and just uh, man, I pray that we would leave here just with the powerful belief that God wants me and he wants to use me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. Have a great day. New guys, man, good having y'all. Amen. Good having y'all. Thanks for listening to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.